0: Welcome, holy night, to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast, Winter's Coming. This week's the solstice. Are you ready for the darkness? Have yourself a happy December, Monday, the 18th. And if you're across the pond, it's Monday night for you. Through this week, I'll be here on my podcast show. Hi, Soul Sibling. Thank you for your patience. I meant to be in touch and I've been taking care of business. And so this episode today in real time december 18th 2023 monday oh it's my bestie's birthday john harvey cates you make me you honor me you make me want to be a better human thank you for being my best friend in all these years we're on year Let's see, 2008 summer. So we just hit year 15 this summer. We're going to be hitting 16. Sweet 16 next summer. Yes. So happy birthday. Thank you for bringing Kenny, your husband, my new sister wife, friend, and my sister husband, and my dearest goddess daughter, Harvey Rose Cates. I couldn't be more grateful. I hope you have a happy birthday today. So I want to do a little bit of... Summary, haven't been in touch since late fall, and also kind of like Blue's State of the Union. Just kind of updates, and I'm going to go deep because the darkness is coming, the days are short, we're heading to the solstice this week, and I do well when I talk from the truth and I've had some space to kind of process some things, so... I want to just jump into the podcast today and just pop into your world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for being a part of my World Viral Mindfulness and Viral Mindfulness Academy. This has been a great year for me where I've been able to connect with about 30 of you much deeper through wise circles or my wisdom circles, and I couldn't be more grateful. I've had such a wonderful year teaching and being in circle with so 30 of you around 30 I got to get the number exactly so I want to tell you a couple things that have happened um I had such a great fall on the east coast and I met some of you some of you are new to the podcast I met you through Laura McCowan at Kripalu Health and Yoga Center and Laura McCowan is a friend of mine she's a colleague I work for her online sober alcohol sobriety support community called The Luckiest Club. She's a writer, author, and she's written two books and is working on book three. And she hired me last year to be part of two of her small retreats to be a support staff. And Kropalu, I was the only one that was there with her. And we met some of you and it was so lovely. And that was the last time I've been in touch here via the podcast. And then I made my way to Harvey Rose and her dads to celebrate Harvey's golden birthday. It's funny because some of us don't know. The golden birthday is just, if you're born, she was born on November 5th and she's turning five. She just turned five on November 5th, so it's her golden birthday. We had a great time. She got her first American Girl doll. She got it from her Mimi and her auntie, Julie. She chose Julie. And we also had a birthday party at Catch Air in Clarkstown, New City, New York. And like 22 of her friends came from school and it was so much fun. She got so many presents. It's crazy. She didn't even open them all. She's like, I have so many. So we tucked them away for other days and for maybe Christmas or rainy snow days. So... I came home, and I wanted to share with you a couple things in today's episode. One is I got a new car. My Subaru 2024 Crosstrek, which I've talked about, is finally here. And it's alpine green, and it's so fun. And it was part of my 50th birthday present to self. It was part of creating wheels and places, spaces for me to be around driving and meeting up with some of you along the way to paint, maybe to do one on one or small work together through coaching. I like to call what I do therapeutic mentoring. So I recently received a question from someone who was asking me if I do sobriety coaching. And I said, I don't, I do therapeutic mentoring. And she said, What does that mean? And so I figured, Oh, that's a great question to answer right here on the podcast. Therapeutic mentoring is a catchphrase that I'm coining for myself. It's often heard that therapists deal with the past and they help you with the past, coaches help you create your future. And I decided therapeutic mentoring is me I'm trying to bring you right here in today, in the middle of all of that to teach yourself about practices that are spiritually centered that are about your spiritual life your creative life your contributions your authentic music and find those and practice and in that space of here and now therapeutic mentoring is learning to sit with the pain in your life the fear the trauma the grief the disappointment the sadness the loss And where silence or stillness or meditation are a big part of that. Which means you're not coming to see me as a therapist where you've never done therapy before. You are coming to see me for therapeutic mentoring one-on-one because you have done therapy before. You're not coming to me to do sobriety coaching and you're brand new sober and you're looking for a sobriety coach. There are lots of capable people to help you in that immediate space. It's not super clear. I'm not gonna have a clear answer for you. Therapeutic mentoring is me, Alexander Bluefeather, Alexander Smith. I got my social work master's degree in 2003. I started working immediately. I became a clinical social worker in 2007. I resigned from the system after a decade. I practiced thousands of one-on-one sessions, uh, some couples therapy. I did therapy for the first decade. I now do something different called therapeutic mentoring, and it's encouraging you to develop a meditation practice, learning how to listen and to trust yourself and mostly to sit with the pain and the discomfort. So if this resonates with you and you want to, you know, do some work together, we can start with four sessions I require a minimum of a monthly agreement for four sessions. It's a clear-cut price, it's $185 per session. I do not offer discounts for my one-on-one. I'm sorry, I put the time in for 10 plus years giving people deals and discounts, and I'm at that space now where my one-on-one is my most difficult work and my most sacred. And I've decided that it's the one where I get compensated my highest hourly price point and 185 is very reasonable. There are a lot of people who are doing 225 and 250 a session. So if that's of interest to you, that's how it works. And that's all I have to offer. I can't give you, I'm not going to give you like, here's the solution. Here's what I do in these full sessions. It's not like that. It's very organic. But if you're listening to this and you're looking and it resonates, great, we can schedule a quick phone call, a free consultation phone call to answer a few questions and get you started. But it's not going to be those other things. And that's just the way my practice is running and working. And I do have all these other spaces to work together in a small group setting, which is usually something that many of you are looking for is more intimate group Settings And so my wisdom circles or wise circles or wives, <laughs> they're awesome. And you can learn more about it at my website. There's a wait list to add your name for the next round. I will start again February, the first week of February, and these will be the first eight week circles, which has been requested from each season last year. Um, and so maybe that's something you want to do too, and it's a much more accessible price point and you get all of the juicy goodness of meeting and being with other humans. So I wanted to tell you that, and then I wanted to, you know, tell you my new car is super fun and in that new car I was able to drive over for the Thanksgiving, well, for the Turkey Day holiday, which is just what it is. I'm struggling for the words because I don't know how to celebrate. It's not a celebration for me. It's difficult to to know about native humans here in this continent and to be learning and hearing their story and making friendships. Me, making personal friends. A personal friend and trying to stand as an ally in the truth of what I'm hearing about natives here on this land. So during that time in I went for the end of November to see my dad and my stepmom and I had not been in person with my dad for almost two years he has dementia he has started his journey with the desert of dementia as i like to make reference for metaphor partly because i drive from southern california often through the desert to get to arizona to have time together and this was the first time i was with my dad and his caregiver who is uh, a woman that's been in my life who's very much like a stepmother to me a mother figure and she's his caretaker and We've been working on our relationship. We were all impacted with 2020 and COVID and the presidential election and information and misinformation and all of what so many of you understand. And so we're working on our relationship and connection. And so that's why there was space in person for me in part. And I made contact, I spent five days with them and this was the first time I was with my dad where most of the time he didn't know who I was exactly. And there were times he didn't know who I was and he asked what I did for a living and he seemed to be learning. Well, he learned that I, my name is Alexander and that I played the piano as a kid and he didn't know that in that moment. And it was very sobering and it was very difficult and it was very beautiful. There were a couple hours where he and I were alone and it just happened that way. And there were very meaningful, m- much meaning and data and experience. And one was very quiet. The other was totally engaged in a conversation where he didn't know who I was. And he was so excited to know that I played the piano and he seemed to be so interested. And then I played some of Alexander Strelesky, one of my new favorite pianists who I saw in concert in 2023, in the spring in LA. And he loved it. And we listened to her whole album together. And it was very meaningful for me, very touching. And when I came home, it was very difficult for me. I felt very sad. And it's been very hard for me to lose the connection and relationship with my dad. We were very close for two decades. Um, and, you know, I'm 50. So for the first three decades of my life, my dad and I had an interesting relationship and we were in religion and I was queer and trying to be in the religion and trying to repress and and be part of something I don't agree with at all in regards to homosexuality, to gay humans and queer humans. And so we've had a long history and here we are. And in my mid to late 20s, I wanted to have a close relationship with him. And we made that happen. I specifically said, Dad, I want a relationship with you. I don't want to have what I've heard you say you had with your dad and your dad had with his dad. I want to be intimate. And it happened. And he and I had two decades together. We worked together. He was a helper for a lot of years. He wasn't a licensed therapist, but he was a very gifted helper. He did individual work and couples counseling. I won't give you all that history here now, but we had a lot of powerful, beautiful times together. And he left religion. He left Mormonism, which was such a gift for my life to have him bring in a new relationship and woman who loved the queer part of me and accepted it wholeheartedly. And so yeah, it was sad. That's it. And it was hard. And I wanted to do more podcasting. And I wanted to be here doing things before the big high holidays of Christmas and Hanukkah. And here we are. And it's December eighteenth, And I'm finally here. And I wanted to just share with you that I noticed how hard it was for me to just be sad. And to just feel the depth of my sadness. Because I also have four siblings. And I've been able to interact with all but one of them about conversations with my About my dad and it's interesting how each of us are responding and or reacting and grieving and going through this process and sharing information. And I also feel like my experience is very different from the three of the four siblings that I've been talking to, where I once again feel like this very different part of my family. I'm the one who's not, I'm the one who's queer I'm the one who doesn't have a child of my own by biology. Um, I'm the one that was never married. Um, I'm the one with blue eyes, <laughs> and so there's just a lot and I just wanted to share with you that I've been sad and so if you're feeling sad, um I noticed how I was able to get really sad about my car, so somebody bumped into or a rock on the freeway coming home from Arizona popped up and just hit the front of my new car and it's it's a wilderness cross trek Subaru so it's got this sort of plastic front grille on the front for off-roading but there's this huge crack I mean it's not huge it's like the size of a, like a, a dollar silver dollar an old silver dollar <laughs> um, a little bigger than the dollar now coin and it, you wouldn't see it, but I was so upset. And all of a sudden I'm crying about my car, my new car. And I realized after a day of being frustrated about that situation with my car that it was, I'm like, oh, I'm really just crying about my dad. And isn't that funny that I'm not dealing with my dad and really honoring it and I'm instead <laughs> putting that energy on my car. So I always am curious about when we have difficulty with the deep, true, like the sadness. So often we do all these other things than just to say I'm sad. I am broken hearted. That hurt my feelings. I miss the person who died or who broke up with me. My friend who broke up with me. Yeah, that's me too. I also had a friend of 20 years break up with me via a letter a handwritten letter of like six sentences this week and they sent back a painting and it felt to me very much out of the blue we had a conversation a month and a half ago and it was an hour long on the phone and he didn't say anything about having some concerns about the nature of our connection and we don't talk as much this year and I was excited to get my new car and go visit him and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be friends anymore and it's done and it withered on the vine and He's not interested in processing it, and he sent back a painting that I gifted him, and so be that. And I'm going to move on, and it's sad, and it was very weird at first. And then I thought, well, I mean, he's very clear about what he does wants, and what am I to do? I'm just going to move on and focus on people who are willing to be in conversation. So those are some of the things that have been happening over here, in addition just kind of wrapping up all of the work things for me. I have a little bit of space in December to work on systems and processes and do some deep work for some of my clients that doesn't that there's no time to do in the other times of the year because we're so busy with day-to-day stuff. And I've also been really feeling the depth of the solstice coming this week, really feeling like tucking in at 5.30 and powering down and reading a book and... I've also been treating myself the last couple weeks to lots of live music and particularly holiday. Master Choral in L.A., um, this choral, like, renowned choir related to L.A. and the L.A. Philharmonic. It's been so lovely. And I was also in a writing retreat with Natalie Goldberg and... It was also World AIDS Day on December 1st and it was my 20th World AIDS Day and so many things to think about and to feel and so I took some space and now I'm here to say I I love you and and I'm so grateful you're part of my world and so I want to finish this episode and I will be in touch with more episodes regularly even through the holidays and I might go a little deeper into some of the things I've mentioned here just now but for dad, for my dad, my daddy, Cardell W. Smith. um, I miss him. And it's dementia and it's disappearing bit by bit. And so many of you understand. I'm not alone. So many of us are going through this, our families, people we care about, caregivers. And I painted this painting of him. I took a picture of him maybe five, six years ago, and he put on a wig. I was going to maybe go to Burning Man with a friend. and so Oh, sorry, that's on my desk. Um, I'm looking at this painting. I took a picture of him wearing a wig and this fur coat, a fur leather coat that I found at a thrift store, and he tried him on and I took a picture of him. And then I drew the picture and painted it, and I wrote a poem on the other side. I was writing, at that time, punchy lines with no words and phrases, with no punctuation, no editing, and just pushing it out on topics. And so I decided to do this painting and poem sketchbook where I would paint, and then on the flip side I'd write one of those punchy poems. And so here it is about my dad. He was a pitcher in drag, daddy drag. It was this fun metaphor driving through the desert the desert of dementia to see my dad. And at the time I took the picture, he was very much aware of who I was, and he was only a couple years in, and he was living with one of my brothers, and we were spending time, and I was part of the the team to help them get settled in the United States because they had been living in Ecuador. And I have a picture of it. I finished the painting. And so if you want to see the picture and the painting, you can go to my website, viralmindfulness.com, and you can find... Um, the the uh, blog, there will be a blog there with my newsletter and some of my newsletter summaries with pictures and you will be able to see what I'm talking about sometime today and then from there on for the rest of the few weeks you'll find it. And So if you want to see the painting and the handwritten poem but I just wanted to close by reading you this poem. I never knew how much this would mean to me when I was doing it when I was creating this art and this poem and now it's such a gift as I look at it um he's in the center of the painting and he has pink hair he's wearing a wig and I made the coat purple and on the side there's all these different corners and one of the corners is cannabis since he started using cannabis to help with his symptoms and sleep and on one of the corners is like neural pathways of the mind and the connection, because he was so interested in teaching people about the power of their mind and his mind and brain, particularly, is having issues. And then I found some art that we saw together at a museum once that had this pattern that I kind of mimicked. I took a picture of it and I recreated it. And then I also did some plants from one of those paintings but made them a brighter color in the upper right hand corner. And of course the moon, the under the watchful eye of the moon has always been this interesting metaphor for me. So it's a blue moon with like blue silver paint. So this is what I'm holding in my hand right now and looking at and I'm tilting my head so sometimes the sound changes. And on the back side is a handwritten sort of like a one-take poem that just came out of me, and it's dated October 21st, 2018. So, my dear daddy, this is me before I read the poem. Just, I love him, and I miss him, and I'm so sad that this is how it's happening, and I'm so grateful that I was able to spend five days with him and to have some very beautiful moments in the middle of a lot of discomfort and confusion for him and fatigue and not knowing and feeling dizzy and agitated so here it is sometimes I paint people after they're dead other times when they are dancing light with weeping whiskers meow the most challenging is to paint the man I've loved the longest while he's in limbo Falling in slow motion from a towering red rock cliff, embracing a corner of Lake Powell. I'm frozen in thick liquid glass, mirrors of memories, penetrating a quiet Sunday night, sipping cinnamon tea while Santa Ana winds wave their warmth over sudden death drops of autumn chill. The heat seems eerie with dried butter cakes. Pure maple syrup rushes like a fresh mountain stream and cuts the stack of thousand dollar bills. Pure gold clowns prance through the living room and they parade over the dining room table. Nora, little sweet innocent Nora, plucks a marijuana leaf from a fish bowl with a red balloon In one hand and her plant token she skips gleefully behind the gaggle of clowns the kitchen bubbles with laughter until the pool on the patio fills full of melting burning wilting smoldering circus soup she's crying at the sight of this sad soup of clowns from underneath a hand emerges Like a resurrection of sort, grace and giggles illuminate the stage as Daddy Drag bellows, YUMMO! Jungle. I'll see you soon, right back here on the podcast.